This message that I believe that the Lord has given me is timely. It's not something that is out of context of what all is happening and what we're going through because I believe as I was looking into this and talking about our identity and who we are, what Jesus, what God, what Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit refers to us as. Remember I talked about us being referred to as sheep, right? Sheep. And, and, and I love that the ending of what he says, and actually it's not the ending of us being called sheep, but he says a phrase that I think is so appropriate for us being sheep is that there are many more sheep that are not of this fold. Remember that. Don't forget that. Hello? Come on, you guys with me? I need some people with me today. I really do. I, I, I need you to be with me. I need, no, I really need you to be with me. I do not want to be up here all on my own. And then we're ground. We're dirt. I like that one. That's like one of my favorites is being dirt because I like dirt. Dirt is, that's where it comes out of dirt is growth and life. And, and, and dirt, dirt is, it just makes me think of me. I don't know because I stink like dirt sometimes. I come home and Robin's like, oh my gosh, you need a shower. Oh, because I smell like, a, like I've been, I don't know, I don't know why. Why? I've been, it smelled like I've been playing in a manure pile. Maybe I was. That ain't dirt. That's not dirt? No? Okay. But out of, out of dirt comes life. You, you know, so many things as, I, as I'm like thinking of, and the, the Holy Spirit gives me these like insights into, like, well, yeah, that's why he said, you know, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the wet, to the ground and dies, it cannot produce life. So dirt is an integral part of this kingdom life. Dirt. We are dirt. You okay with that? I'm okay with dirt. All right. All right. <laughs> Today I want to talk about us being a vessel. We are a vessel. What does it mean and what's the application? What's a vessel? A vessel. Oh boy, that was a lot of, lot of, lot, a lot of words. I, I only heard like none. What was it? Okay, that's not right. <laughs> that's closer. Okay. There you go. Thank you. You guys were all like close, but not right. A vessel that, what's that? PVC pipe pipe is like a little more appropriately, like, yeah, a conduit, if you will. A vessel that he's referring to is a vessel that not just holds a substance, but that actually holds it and transports a substance. So we are vessels. So we are more than just holders. So what's the application of being a vessel? Let me read chapter, verse, book. Let's start with that. The book of, how about let's start with the Bible. Let me read a verse out of the Bible, out of the book of Matthew, chapter 15, starting in verse 10. Actually, it's like, I'm starting like B to A of, of this, 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 uh, this, this passage, if it popped up there. Yeah, and he called the people to him. And he said to them, Hear and understand, it is not what goes into the mouth 
that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. You guys understand what Jesus is teaching here? He's, he's responding to, first of all, he's responding to something that happened, in that basically Jesus and his disciples would travel through town to town, and, and the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they would look for something that Jesus would do wrong and bring it to not just Jesus' attention, but try to bring it to, try to attempt to discredit all that Jesus was doing. So as Jesus would go through town healing people, they, what would they find? They would find that he healed somebody on the Sabbath. How dare you? That's wrong. And so, and this was something that Jesus was, he and his disciples, they were passing through. And they would actually go through, walk through a field and they would pick grain out and they would just pick grain with their dirty, filthy hands. Raise your hand up, Kevin. There you go, looking like that. And they would crack this wheat. Those hands could crack some wheat, some grain, and they would just eat it. They would just eat it. And the, the, the Pharisees, they look, they say, why do your disciples not wash their hands before they eat? And he's like, oh, come on. I mean, he's really like, if, any, if, if, if Jesus had a catchphrase, I think that would be it. Come on, man. <laughs> and so he's, he's like, come on. And so he tells the people, he's like, hey, listen. It's not about what goes in. It's what comes out that actually matters. That's what defiles a person. So let's look at what Jesus is implying here across the board. First, there's the obvious implication that Jesus makes here. It's the kingdom principle of flow. Of flow. How many of you have ever been, you know, uh, uh, been in a room or been in an environment, been in a surrounding, a setting with multiple people? You're in one now, so you can all raise your hand to this one. You hear the same thing that's being said out of somebody's mouth, whether it's a preacher, whether it's a, uh, I don't know, a preacher, a business meeting, you could be, or, or maybe just a party where you got friends gathering around and you're hearing stuff, and how many of you hear something totally different than what somebody standing right next to you has heard? Hello? That happens all the time. Why is that? Why is that? Okay, our, our, our brains are... Okay. So isn't it, it... This is what Jesus is referring to. It's not that what goes in that is defiling a person, but what the, the, the in that comes in then gets process through all the heart issues of that person and then gets spewed out from within that person and that becomes then that which actually defiles a person. Hello? What's the other implication that Jesus makes here that isn't said? What's that? I know nobody's going to get this, but I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there because this is something that Eric comes up with. The, you're going to give it a go? Give it a go. Okay, that was good, but that's not it. The absolute opposite is also true. Did you hear me? Not the defiling, but the 
right standing. The righteousness that comes. So in other words, it's not just what comes in that makes you righteous. What comes out is what makes you righteous and right standing with God. Hello? That is also spoken there even though it's not spoken. Because if, it, if the same can be true about what can defile us, that same can be true about what can make us right standing with God. You guys with me? Okay. You know, you guys ever hear the song, Deep and Wide? Hello? Okay. I, you guys, I, I, I really... See, okay. Deep and wide, deep and wide. Fountain flowing deep and wide. Yeah, Addie sings it like this, so I love it. Addie is our, our second-born grandchild, Cameron of the family, in our family. Yeah, oh, Lord. Yeah. She's altered the words just a bit. And I kind of like her version. It's big and fat. And she's like, we're like, what are you doing? What are you singing? Well, you know, big and fat, big and fat. There's a fountain flowing big and fat. And we're like, I don't know if that actually works. But Addie, I think, they, I think she gets the point, though. I think she gets it. <clears throat> so the fountain flowing in and through, here's, here's the issue that I think that we're going to tackle is that which flows through, passes through all of my heart issues, my heart issues attached to it, and then it flows out. Correct? Am I correct? According to what Jesus said I am, it's not me, it's, it's what Jesus said. It's, it's what, in fact, so much so, he, you know, he says things like, you are the light of the world. The light that was in, within you shines. But if the light that within in you is darkness, how deep is the depth of that darkness that comes out of you? It's like, whoa, that just like, whoo, spun my brain around. But that's actually what he's referring to, is that which is being poured into you. Remember, it's getting filtered through and all the stuff in your life and all the issues of your heart then attached to it and then it comes out. What's it look like? What's it looking like? That's what he's getting us to, to the point of this kingdom principle of flow. In fact, when I look at like really almost all of the parables that Jesus tells about the kingdom, they are all, they all are re- revolving around the principle of flow, of that which is being poured into you, that which is being given to you, then what do you do with it? What is it that you're doing with it? What's the flow that now, now what's the result of what you've been given? Hello? And this is what I want to talk about in Romans 9.23. So let's, like, let's just like narrow it down, zero it in to talk about what this is supposed to look like in our lives. Um, what does it mean to be a vessel and what's the application for me as a vessel? In Romans 9.23, he says this. I'm going to start with just a, a little bit of it. In order to, to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory. Paul, in speaking this in, in, in this, in the context of what he's teaching here, listen to this, though. This is, is important to understand a little bit of the context. 
the context is in light of God, God's mercy pouring into all without favoritism. God's mercy being poured into all without favoritism. He is not a respecter of persons. His mercy shines on the just and the unjust. That's biblical. That's true. What is mercy, by the way? Well, well grace, grace and mercy are, are very similar. And I know, you know, just to break it up and break it down, break it up, break it down, break it sideways. Grace is you being given favor that you don't deserve. Mercy is you've been giving relief from something that you do deserve. Guess what? Every one of you and I, and I am a king and I'm a top dog, I deserve hell. I deserve hell because why? I have sinned and I have fallen short of the glory of God. And God's mercy was poured into me because I did not deserve I did not deserve. God's grace was given to me because I did not deserve His love. And God's mercy was given to me because what I did deserve, He didn't give me. Wow. What I did deserve, He didn't give me. Ha. Okay, let's do this. You better stop in your tracks. Next time you think that you need to tell somebody what they need to hear because they deserve it, you better stop yourself right now. Hello? Next time you think you need to just give somebody a whoo, whoo, whack because they just deserve it, you better stop yourself in your tracks. Hello? You guys with me? That's mercy. That's mercy. I didn't. God didn't give me what I deserved. That's mercy. So then the point that is being made, that Paul is making, that he's, he's referring to the teachings of Jesus, is what really matters is what flows out of you. What flows out of us? What comes out? What's the result of that which comes out of us? Hello? So we are vessels. We're vessels. The vessel that I'm referring to is that which is not intended to hold God's mercy, but to transport God's mercy. Hello? Right? In fact, you know, you, you could even say, and I think we must say, that we are not owners of God's mercy. We're stewards of God's mercy. We're not just owners of God's mercy. We're stewards of God's mercy. Remember the parable that Jesus told of the unmerciful servant in Matthew 18. Matthew 18. In fact, he, he uh, uh, starts with a phrase which I love because I love it when he does this. The kingdom of heaven is compared to a king, is comparable to a king or likened to a king. That's how the parable starts. And this parable starts, Jesus uses this as an opportunity, or he uses a situation that comes up to teach this parable. And what was the situation that came up? Does anybody remember it? Matthew 18? I'll, 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 I'll fill you in. This is Jesus, Peter comes to Jesus and he says, uh, hey Jesus, um, you know you talk about this thing called forgiveness. Can I sit you down for a second? I've got to ask you a question, Jesus. <clears throat> How many times do I have to forgive my brother? 
you know, that, that we, we seem to have this tendency to think that that is some sort of generic, vague question that Peter's asking. But we know from Peter's disposition, his character, his, his issues, this was a very personal thing that he was asking. He was actually asking Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive my brother? How many times? Do you know, you know Jesus, how many times my brother has hurt me, has offended me. You know Jesus, how many times that I've wept, that I've gotten angry. You've seen me get angry over how my brother treats me. How many times do I have to forgive him? This wasn't, this wasn't unnoticed. You guys with me? Because as, and I think that's very real of Peter to ask Jesus that very real, that, that soulless question of, this is an issue I deal with in my heart, right here in my very soul, I deal with it. I have to be with him, I have to work with him, I'm following him with, I'm following you with him. He's one of my brother. He is my brother and he offends me. He, I have issues with him. And it's deal, dealing with it. How many times do I have to forgive him? You talk about us having to forgive each other and for, love one another. How many times? And Jesus gives him the answer that Peter wasn't looking for and I knew he wasn't even like, well, he's, you know, yeah, seven times Jesus? How about that? And then can I hold a grudge and be angry? You know, I have a right. At what point, at what point, Jesus, do I get that right to be selfish? And then he goes on, he says, well, let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story, Peter. This is in response to Peter's question. So you can see it's directed at Peter, but we all get to listen in. Let me tell you a story, a parable, so you understand this. And it's the parable of the unmerciful servant, which we all know, right? Okay. I'll go to it. I'll tell the whole thing. I was just going to tell the one verse, but that's all right. I'll go straight to it real quick. I love the digital Bible. I will be there in a matter of a half a second. Well, maybe, maybe, uh, um, here we go. Can I share something with you guys, too? Oh, gosh. I feel like I need to. Uh, it's okay. It, it, my mom had, had told me when she turned 50 that she started needing to use readers to read. And I think she spoke a curse on me. Because as soon as I turned 50, I noticed words getting blurry when I was trying to read them. But I just went and they said I have perfect vision, 2010 vision or something. They said, yeah, but when you have to read. That's okay. No, I don't need them. I, I just, that's the, the good thing about the digital Bible. You could blow it up. Thank you, though. Another day, I'll bring them and I'll let you see them with me on. Believe me, they, my... Trevor still laughs at me every time he walks in the room when I'm reading. So let me, let me tell the story of 
the unmerciful, unforgiving servant. Well, I'll, I'll just start it with where So verse 21. Peter came up to him and said, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say seven times, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him, ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had and payments to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused and went and put him into prison until he should pay the debt. And when his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. And then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, for I forgave you all that debt simply because you pleaded with me. Verse 33. And should... Not you have mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you. And in his anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Should you not have mercy on your fellow servant as I have had mercy on you. That's the principle that Jesus is teaching of flow. That which is being poured into you, you now have a responsibility, a duty, and even a privilege to let it pour out of you. Hello? Did you hear what I just said? That is on each and every one of us. The emphasis uh, is on the output or the outpouring of mercy, not the inpouring. That which I get. We get so involved and we get so enthralled with and, and even just it, 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 it just takes everything. We go to church so we can get and get and get. And, the, and, and then we go places and we look for God to give and give me, give me. What's for me? I want it for me. And Jesus is saying, he's saying, that's not the issue. The issue of your heart needs to be that which you look for the opportunities to pour out of. Because here's the deal is, if we look anywhere, if we just open our eyes at any given point in our day, we'll find God's mercy being poured into you. That's all you got to do is open up your eyes and see that God's mercy is actually being poured into you. It's the... It's when I'm looking for it, and that's all I'm looking for. I, I need to get it. I need to get it, and I want it, and it's for me. It's for me. It's for me. You'll become like that wicked, wicked servant that says, please, 
I need it, I need it, I need it. And that's not a bad place to be begging and pleading for God's mercy. Believe me, that's not a bad place. Hello? That's sometimes a good place to be. But not just so that you can hold it, contain it, own it, conceal it. It's so that you can give it, right? It's so that you can transport it, right? It's so that you can be a conduit of it. So that why? In Romans 9.23, says this, for the glory of God. It's God's glory that he's poured into, he's given you a, and made you a vessel of his mercy, again, that has been prepared beforehand so for his glory. Right? There it is. That was, that, that's how it said it. Right? Amen. <clears throat> Jesus says it in a way, he says, freely you have received, freely give. I know it seems so simple. Simple concept, right? It's a simple concept, right? That's not very complicated. You get to give, right? That's what it's about. So what does it look like in your life? What does it look like in my life? What does giving mercy look like in my life? Okay, the golden rule. Treat people as you would like to be treated. That's part of it, absolutely. So you look for opportunities to give and to bless people and treat people as you would want them to treat you, right? But I think that there's even comes down to the places that, and and I think that's exactly right, Xavier, is to treat people, to look for places and opportunities to bless people, to give to people, to help people. But where does it start and where, at what places and how does that look in my life on a regular basis? I'm, I'm, a, I'm asking for actual answers. Um, yeah. What's that, David? At home is the great place. At home is, the, is the, actually the first place. And I think it's a place that we groom and we grow that. Is look for places to be a mercy giver. Someone that looks to bless those people in your home, in your very home. Absolutely. That's a great place. You know, and it, I th- it, we have to. Please do not miss the opportunity to take advantage of being merciful in the tiniest little situations. Hello? The, 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 the thing that just seems like it, just, it doesn't matter, but it matters so much. Because when we are faithful with the little, we will be faithful with the much. I believe that God, God, because he says this in Second Chronicles 16, 9. You guys know that's one of my favorite verses of the Bible. I have favorites, and that's one of them. Is that the eyes of the Lord are looking to and fro, looking, looking to whom he can bestow his strength. And that strength, I think, is, is wrapped up in his mercy. And that into those whose hearts are loyal to them. So I believe he gives us the opportunities to, even in the small things, to be merciful to those in our lives. And what do we do with it? What do we do with it? That's what really matters. That's what all that matters that Jesus is telling us. In the end, that's what's going to matter. What did you do with the opportunities to be merciful as I was merciful to you? 
right? You guys with me? I think this is really important for us to understand and get the kingdom principle of flow. I don't even know if that's theologically correct. I just know that's a word that I felt like saying. Is that okay? Does it make sense, though? The kingdom principle of flow. Um, in so many of the parables, remember the parable of the talents, the parable of, like we just read, the unmerciful servant, is, is God is pouring in. What are you going to do with that which God gives you graciously and merciful? What do we do with it? Pay it forward. What? Move. We move. We do things. Yes. What does it look like in my life? I'll, I'll, I'll start the ball rolling. What's it look like in Robin and I's life right now? Most of you guys know we have the boys in our home. That's a flow. That's a, a mercy. That's a, something that we outpour, that we, we have given. Yeah, we could easily, it's so easy. Man, it'd be really, some, you know, Come on. Yeah. It'd be nice sometimes to just like, and that's why I love Ed and Patty. They take the boys for a weekend. I love you boys. Where you at? Love you guys a lot. But it's, you know, that's, a, that's an outpour of mercy in our lives. Be obedient. Be, do not miss the opportunities to do the little things the merciful little things in your life. And I believe that they are the places that God uses to grow us into the bigger things. You know, it looked like this week when... Oh, that was a hand? I was I thought... Oh. <laughs> Amen. About, yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Did you guys hear what Xavier just said there, which is really good? He said it, the, he shared a story about the Lord telling him to actually veer off and go to the wrong direction on the highway, and he ended up going to the right place that God wanted him to go to meet somebody that that. Everybody else in the world was telling him not to meet, and it was the person that had hit his son. And um, he, he found her and meet, met her and graciously bestowed and just poured into her the grace and the mercy of God that she needed at that moment because she didn't even know if he survived or not. And he was able to tell her that he, he's doing well and he's coming through, and we forgive you. We don't hold it against you. And that's something that that woman needed to hear. Can you imagine? She hit this young man and didn't know whether he lived. And she's been living this w- with this for months. And because he obeyed and went forward, even though all insurances and all attorneys said, don't do this, don't do that, that's a mistake, never do that. And he did it anyway. <laughs> the Holy Spirit told him to do it anyway. <laughs> Good old Holy Spirit. He just goes against the flow, doesn't he? Of what sometimes we... And that was an act of mercy that he was able to pour into this woman's life. Now, he could have easily gone done the opposite. I mean, scared the dickens out of her. Xavier's a big guy. 
And he's just like all of a sudden at this woman's work and just like saying, uh, hello, hey, you, I am. And she's like, uh, you know, it just scared the dickens out of her. He said, no, 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 wait. I want you to know we love you. We forgive you. We even, we even thank you that you stopped. We thank you that you actually were the one that, how do you do? We thank you that you were the one that hit my son. Is that not mercy? Is that not God? Absolutely. Hello? Yeah, you know, do you think that that started there? No, it started with little things. That the Lord is working in this man's life to do little things of mercy to where you could do a big thing like that. Right? I know Donna and Alfonso have had to do the same thing with with people in their lives in regards to their children. You don't just do that unless the Lord's directing you to do it. Jesus dealt with this, and he dealt with the issue, and this is also a place where we are in, in our lives. Is You guys know where Glenn's at physically. Did you know that the religious leaders in their day, they came up with a religious rule that if you didn't feel like you should help your parents any longer, that you could give that help to the church instead? Leave their parents on their own to figure out how they have to live life at the end of their life? Let me tell you how Jesus responded to that. Not very nicely. He took great offense to it. He says, you, you religious leaders, do you know what you have done? You have taken and you have inputted Laws of man, man-made rules about how you could live before God and you've taken them and you've placed them above God's law. That is wrong. That is not okay in my book and I wrote the book. He put them right in their place. And you know what? The, 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 the disciples come to Jesus later. Do you know that that offended them? <laughs> There's no response that Jesus gives to his disciples, but I'm sure it was like, oh, gosh, yeah. I do know that it offended them. And I give a rip. Oh. Do you understand what I'm saying? That, that, that this is, we are called as Christ followers to be vessels of mercy at every level of our life, even the difficult ones. There's people in this room that are going through some really difficult stuff. There's people that are not in this room because they're going through some really difficult stuff. And our call, our duty, our responsibility, (laughs) our privilege is to be a vessel of God's mercy And yet, the Bible actually says it first in the family of God and then to outsiders. So yes, that's that's the whole premise of this ministry, is a vessel of mercy to our community. That's all we do, is a vessel. We're opened up on a regular basis, on a daily basis, to be a vessel of mercy to this community. Let me finish up because this is a couple of passages of Scripture that I believe are, are kind of 
highlight what, what we're talking about here. And I don't want to leave anybody out if you did want to share, like I said, what that looks like in your life. And, and I'm asking you to do something also is, yes, be encouraged in the, the opportunities that God's given you to show mercy and to be a vessel of mercy, but also ask the Holy Spirit to, to show you where you can grow in that area. Hello? Amen. I'll say it nicely like that. <clears throat> in Psalm 23, we know that's a, that's the it's the psalm of the shepherd that just because it simply says the Lord is my shepherd. But I like how he he starts to finish it up because I think it's actually indicative and it's reflective of what as we trust God as our shepherd as a sheep. What the result of that is this: what looks like it. And he says, "You anoint my head with oil; my cup overflows." Even in that, that saying, that one thing, what? It's, it's the principle of flow. In other words, you pour into me, so that why? So that you can be poured out of me. Right? Right? Not so that we could cap a lit lid on it and say, look at me all basking in God's goodness and glory, sunshiny. What's going to happen? It would probably turn to poison, wouldn't it? Do you like that? I just like, I was in my little, my little glory bubble it's to be poured out you anoint my head with oil oh can i just talk for just a minute about that all right you know i know i I referred to jesus saying it's not what goes into a man that defiles or makes you right standing with god but what comes out that actually matters but it does, he's not saying that it's, it doesn't matter what goes in. He says what matters most is what comes out. It does matter about what we get poured into us. Oh, brothers and sisters, we need an, an inpouring, right? Yes. We need an inpouring, an anointing, a, a flowing into us. We need to put that into our lives. We need to surround ourselves with an inpouring of God's grace and His mercy, His goodness his worship, whether it's music you listen to, stuff you listen to, please, you, you know this and you understand this, right, brother? More than anybody, some of us are more than others, is we get, if we pour into all the negative nonsense and garbage in this world, then there's a lot of it. What's going to come out? That's not an inpouring of anointing of flow of oil, is it? It's going to produce the thing that it's going to, you, you realize it just makes you angry? Hello? Yeah. So we need the anointing of the oil. We need that, the Holy Spirit to be, we need to, we need to basically like uh, align ourselves, tune ourselves into the Holy Spirit's voice and input or anoint pouring into our lives. And and, and that's how it overflows, right? You got to pour it in for it to overflow. You can't overflow if nothing's being poured in. Well, that was real deep, wasn't it? I went to school to learn that one. <laughs> I was being facetious. I apologize for that. It's important to be anointed, to be poured into. That's valuable. That's precious. That's important. We need to push for that. We, need to, we do need an anointing. 
of the Holy Spirit. In order to be poured out, we need pouring in. And then he says, because that's because he says, and then here's the result of it. You can almost see this, 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 what's happening, the trickle effect, so to speak. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I don't know why I love that. And I've never seen that so just like clear as like, it's, it's, it's as though he's saying that it's, What's happening and what's going to happen is you, as you pour in and pour out, goodness and mercy are going to follow you everywhere, all the days of your life. I want that. I want goodness and mercy to follow me everywhere I go and pour out of me everywhere I go. I want that in my life. Not only do I want that, I need that. I need that. Just a little note. Just I, I wrote, his goodness and mercy are being poured into you every day, every day. I believe it, and I believe that's true. Is that his goodness and mercy are being poured into you? It's the outpouring that then you know. The more that you give out, the more room is made to pour in. It, it, again, these are like simple concepts. Right? It's nothing, you didn't come to church and there's nothing super deep this morning. It's just, just right in front of us. And again, it's, it's just simply our responsibility, our duty, our privilege to steward God's mercy and pour it out. Overflow. Or in the King James, runneth over. Jesus saying it in the Beatitudes, he said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. You hear what he's saying there? It, it, it's interesting because he says it in a way that it's like, Blessed are those who are merciful, for they shall receive mercy. But who are those that receive mercy? Or, or who are those that receive mercy? Or who are those that can pour out or can be merciful are the ones who have what? Already received mercy. Don't stop the flow of God's mercy in you by containing it and saying, look at me, I got it now. <laughs> Instead, look for opportunities to be a vessel of His mercy and bring glory to Him. You realize that it's, again, it's so simple, but yet so calm, so deep. And it's, it's almost as though He's saying it like this too, which what. You know, how many of us have told our kids, take the high road, take the high road. You realize, though, that taking the low road is the high road? It's the humbling ourselves is that high road that God is telling us to take. Walking humbly before man and before God is that high road that God wants us to take. And that's, that's a simple concept. It ain't easy, though, right, brother and sister? Simple, but not easy. Because you do, you have to walk in this. You have to surrender to what I think that they need to know. Especially on Facebook, they just need to know. <laughs> it's almost laughable. It's, it's, it's laughable, it's not almost. like I, I, I've had people say stuff about me, about us on 
social media, and I just, I have to just, I, and I, the low road is the high road, so I just, okay, make me out to be the bad guy in the, in the entire community, go ahead, you can do that, I'll let God be my defender, I'm not going to defend myself ever on social media, and if you think I should, then I will do as the Holy Spirit directs me and obey Him instead of you. I encourage you to not ever defend yourself on social media. It's a waste of time, energy, and actually it's opposed to what I think the, the Holy Spirit and the kingdom living is about. Let God be your defender. Let others be your defender. <clears throat> Um, and I know that yeah, half the room doesn't even do social media. I get it, but half do, and that's okay. Look for opportunities to be a vessel. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your mercy. Just even sharing this this morning, it's like, you know, I'm convicted and so I know each and every one of us in this room, your Holy Spirit's moving and, and growing us, convicting us in places where we need to be a vessel of mercy. And we thank you for that, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you, you get into the nooks and crannies of my very heart and you deal with and you, you shred those issues so that I can be a vessel, so I can be a conduit, a transporter of grace and mercy to those in my life without all, the, without all of my heart issues attached to it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving in my, in, in, inside of me doing surgery from within. Lord, we want to glorify you in all we do. That's our desire, our heartbeat. That's the whole makeup of this ministry. The whole makeup of this body of believers is to bring glory to you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the privilege of being a transporter, a vessel of your mercy, even today. In Jesus' name, amen.